Good afternoon. I'm Leon Davis, and I want to thank you uh, thank you for joining me for another episode of Altitude Adjustment. Uh, it is 2 o'clock in St. Louis, and today I want to talk about um, the recent data problems, uh, security problems that uh, Facebook had, and we'll do that starting right now. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Alrighty. Um, so first, let me say that uh, I have uh, 30 years in technology, and I have done everything from databases to, uh, you name it, uh, networking, building networks, uh, troubleshooting, software design, and uh, I've worked with uh, Windows and uh, Linux and um, Novell. Um, so I don't come at this as a novice. I come at this with uh, quite a bit of experience and knowledge about this type of environment. Um, so also let me share with you that uh, I am a small business owner. So I um, am now running a business, which uh, this podcast is part of. And there are, uh, I have a, a streaming radio station and another podcast that I've been working on. Um, actually two. So I have an interest in the vitality of social media, such as Facebook, um, YouTube, Instagram, Snap, and those guys. What has happened with the technology resolution, and if you've heard me, if you listen to my podcast or you can go back to previous podcasts and you heard me talk about the opportunity, the golden opportunity that has been provided for, uh, for a lot of people. It is an opportunity for you as an independent um, business owner or an independent person to create your content, to uh, market your content, and to interact with your potential customers or users. And so the vitality of the system, the ecosystem, and we call it an ecosystem uh, just to give it a broader name, um, so the vitality of it is important. So do I have an interest in um, and how all of these things play out, and I do. But I have tried to not make that a point in creating this podcast. I have to look at it from an objective standpoint as if I don't have any uh, interest in making sure that one or, or different uh, outcomes are, are, are occur. So... Um, yes, in a sense, I want um, the social media uh, genre to be thriving because it allows me an opportunity to create my product and market my product and interact with people that enjoy my product. So I don't have a particular interest in Facebook specifically, but in the industry as a whole. Um, 
there are two uh, privacy issues that I think are important that aren't usually discussed. And the first is, should you as a user be able to use the internet without being tracked? Um, and the second is, should your personal communications be able to be viewed or scanned? And those aren't, um, I've touched on that and I'd like to go into that in, uh, into depth later. Uh, and I'm not gonna so much cover those today, but those are things that I think we should also keep in mind or keep in focus as we have these discussions about technology and security. Now, I want you to keep in mind that during this episode, the data breach that happened to uh, Facebook was not a cyber attack, as in all the other cases like Dell and IBM and uh, those other guys. Those were cyber attacks. That's where someone uh, specifically targeted that, in that uh, entity to bypass security and access their data. This is not the case in the Facebook instance. It was data that was unprotected, unsecured by Facebook policies and procedures. There is nothing that the individual Facebook user could have done to have avoided this situation other than not being a member of Facebook. And I want to reiterate that there is nothing that the individual user could have done to have avoided this data breach. It was incumbent upon Facebook to protect that data. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later, go into that. So I wanted to, though it was not uh, something that the a particular user could have avoided. I still want to talk about security and uh, Facebook's security specifically, um, just to kind of highlight what I'm talking about. Because the data that was shared was data such as sites that you went to, um, things that you uh, things that you liked. Um, members of your your uh, groups, what groups you belong to on Facebook and other sites. Um, so the security questions that Facebook's uh, has. Um, the first is we, who can see your future posts? So you have an option to determine who can see the posts that you make. Um, and most of the times you'll know it as uh, you can post something as global um, public. You can post something as friends. You can post something to specific friends. Um, so th that's that's where that question is. And a lot of times, what I do want to point out also, um, well, let me get to that after I finish the questions. Then I'll come back to that. Uh, the next question, review all your posts and things you're tagged in. So they give you an option to, to see where your name shows up. You can limit the audience for posts you've shared with friends or public. Now, if you click on that option, and I, I thought of, I said, now that sounds like something that may impact 
your global data. Um, knowing, choosing who can see what data. Um, so you click on that and then you get the next question. If you choose to limit your past posts or posts on your timeline that you've shared with friends or friend, of friends and public posts, they will now be shared only with friends. Uh, anyone tagged in these posts and their friends may also still see those posts. And that's crucial. Now you, you've just said you, you don't want to share those posts uh, with everyone, but, but you're still, they, 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 there's, there's still a possibility that they may, someone may see those posts, um, even though you have marked them as unseeable. And, and um, this particular option, what I know about the option is that you can, say you share a, a video, um, you can determine if that video can be shared by the people you've shared it with. So that um, you share a video to a specific group of friends and then they may want to share it. Well, that option allows you to keep that from being shared by their friends or to share it to their friends. Um, you can go to specific posts and I'm, I don't know if you've noticed that, but specific posts, you, you can post it, um, and either I think it's at the bottom, you can set who can see that post. And, and I mentioned that uh, a moment ago. So you can say it goes to your global friends, it goes to just this particular group of friends, it goes to this particular individual, it goes to this particular group that you belong to. And then um, another option is who can send you friend requests? So you can limit who you get friend requests from. You can, uh, one of the options is, who can see your friends list? Now, that's on, from Facebook user to Facebook user. My guess is, and I don't have any specific knowledge about um, that, I didn't take the opportunity to go out and um, look at my specific data that's being shared. And, and I'm not sure that that's all of the data that they're sharing about you. But um, I noticed that there was an option out there that you can go out and check the data that's, that's uh, associated with your Facebook account. Um, so you can, you can determine who can and cannot be friends or who can even make a friend request of you before that happens. Um, another option is who can look up using the email address that you provided? So um, people can search for you to be friends if you give them your email address and they do a Facebook search on that particular email address, it may, it'll bring up your account. And you get to determine if they can use your email address as a uh, search, for, for a search to try to find you. Um, Facebook asks for a phone number and you can supply a phone number that helps you with your security. It also helps users find you. One of the security questions is who can look you up using the phone number that you have provided? Um, another question, do you want search engines outside of Facebook 
to be able to link to your profile. That is the eight security questions that you're presented with to control your data. Now, in the course of this, trying to um, get out from under or to, um, I want to say, mitigate the, the damage done by acknowledging that there was a security, a security breach on data, um, many times it has been pointed out that the user should go in and make modifications or check their security settings to see which data uh, they were uh, providing. Um, none of that would have been changed by any of these security options. There, to, the, even the inference that you as a user should go in and check your security settings means that they're trying to push things back at you and say, you need to become a security expert about your data. That you're responsible for all of the information that's being shared about you and that you can do something about it and that you should fix it. which isn't the case. The information that's, that's captured about you, that, that advertisers, that is gold for advertisers, has absolutely nothing to do with those eight questions. Because in most cases, your phone number is probably listed in a phone book. Your email address, you've probably given out half a million times. It's almost public knowledge. You give it to your school. You give it to um, your kid's school. You give it to anyone that needs to get a hold of you. That is almost like your phone number. Now, unless you are one of those people that has paid for a private phone number, and I don't know if you can still pay for a private phone number. I remember that was an option a while back. Um, but you could pay for a private phone number that it wasn't listed. But in most cases, your phone number is listed. And this is something that people can easily flip through a phone book and try to find you. There are countless websites where you can go and go, uh, enter your name and they'll it'll bring up some information about you and one of the two two parts of that information is a phone number and an address and and it and it it in no real security concerns about that now if you want to pay them for um additional search information they'll bring up your relatives brothers and sisters and that kind of stuff so so the in kind of information that um, advertisers want is not information that's going to be impacted by those security options, which is what I mentioned before, which is why I went through those security options so that you are aware of that, so that you can see that. Um, let, me, let me play to start with this audio. Yeah, a second here. All righty. I want to 
play. Um, so I was just talking about user security, and and uh, I've got this I got this clip to help support what I was talking about. Interesting that Zuckerberg has been asked a couple of times if he's still the right person to lead Facebook. One reporter asked if he should still be chairman of the company. Another reporter asked flat out if he should still be CEO of the company, considering that everything that's happened. Zuckerberg was adamant that he still is uh, the right person to run the company, saying life is about learning from mistakes and figuring out what you need to do moving forward. And he said that what people really should be holding the company accountable for now is to take broader responsibility for um, for what's going on at Facebook and the way people's data is being used and really um, doing a better job and really learning from their mistakes. So a, a big theme here, uh, Kelly, was this idea that they didn't take broad enough responsibility and now they want to make sure that they're protecting people, but they're also going to really encourage all of their users to understand the privacy settings and to take responsibility themselves to go through turn off apps, et cetera, um, all the different things that you can do to limit, uh, limit sort of the use of your data by outside forces. Okay, so, so as I said, they want to turn it on you. They want to make you responsible for what you can't be responsible for. So in the beginning of the clip, one of the first things they did was, and I, I, know, I, I know I should not have brought this up, but it's just, it was so funny to me. I looked at it as funny. It was silly. So the point is silly. They asked Mark Zuckerberg if he should still be running his company. I think about that. That's like asking somebody, should you still be living in your house? He started a company. He had a dream, a vision, a goal that he wanted to achieve. And he screwed up, royally screwed up. And the question somebody had to, actually had the temerity <laughs> to ask was, should you still be in charge of your company? Like he was going to say, nah, they should fire me today. Because I screwed up on a major level. So, yeah, I think they should get rid of me. What was the, I have no idea what the purpose of that question was. Because even down, you're going down the road, if, 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 they, if they put him on the chopping block, at least he didn't say, yeah, I want to be fired. Because if he had said, yeah, I want to be fired. I think they should get rid of me. It would have made it easier. Nobody's going to volunteer to just quit their job unless they have a particular reason to. Alrighty. So, um, so the company talks, or they mentioned Zuckerberg talking about learning from his mistakes. Um, I have some concerns that they're not going to learn from their mistakes, and here's and here's why. They traffic in user data. That's how Facebook makes its money. Don't get it wrong. Trafficking in your user data is the way they make billions and billions of dollars. Advertisers want that data because 
they want to be able to sell you products. They don't want to be able to, they don't want to have to put out an ad and hope that you want their stuff. What they want to do is they want to find people who already have shown an interest in their product and then they want to just target those individuals. I have problems with that, but that's for another podcast. So in order for Facebook to continue to sell, um, to, to pull in advertisers, they have to continuously provide that information because other than that, they are of no use or little use to those advertisers. So with that pull, that tug towards give me more, give me more, give me more, the advertisers have Facebook, oh man, they, they have them in a very compromising position because if you don't give me that information, I'll find somebody else that will. And if Facebook goes away, it goes away because just like anything else, something else will take its place when you're when you're dead and gone there'll be a new facebook there was a myspace and then after myspace there's there's facebook and then after facebook there's going to be your book there's going to be something to take that place so i don't think they're going to learn that lesson i think they're going to try to make you believe there is a difference so that you don't flee the platform. They're going to make some kinds of changes, but are they going to be substantive changes? Or are they going to be just cosmetic changes? So he talked about not giving it, um, uh, giving the data protection, uh, or in the clip, they talked about not giving the data protection a high enough priority. Um, if that's the only way that Facebook makes its money, or if that's the, the biggest part bulk of the money, what has to be the highest priority is protecting that data. Because if you don't protect it and it gets out to everybody else, they don't need you anymore. So the highest priority was protecting that data and they didn't do it. The high... If you understand your business and you know that this is something that needs to get done and you don't do it, then you either don't understand your business or it was intentional. Also from the clip. So Zuckerberg says he's not quitting. He doesn't want to get fired and nobody's getting fired over this. What is it that makes the next time not possible? If nobody is responsible this time, if everybody could claim ignorance and innocence, What makes, what's the excuse next time? Mm. 
So what they did, well, okay. So I found this up, this second clip. Uh, hold on a second. I found this second clip and I found it interesting. I, part of the clip I'm just going to ignore, but, um, uh, but there is an aspect of the clip that I think is important to share with you. Well, I thought it was very significant. I mean, the ease with which you put a phone number in or email certainly made it so that uh, it was easier to onboard, easier to talk to. Uh, at the same time, I mean, this thing was selling at below market multiple, and he basically reaffirmed the earnings. I mean, that is a reaffirmation of earnings. He said nothing material. That means typically it means no 5% decline. That's what the market's keying off of. Right, and that's why the big short going to be up. Right, and there's, you know, also, I mean, it sounds like he's almost to the point where he's willing to have someone come in on the outside. I think that can happen in, uh, in conjunction with his congressional testimony. So he's going toward that. But uh, the fact is, is that I think people expected big number cuts. And he said, no, we're not having big number cuts. And we don't sell data, which immediately the media was, a, this was a pivot. Last time was a pivot. I think the long knives are kind of losing this Cambridge Analytica. They were using a permutation calculation that basically said if everybody who possibly ever, they, it could be 87. So they got ahead of the thing for the first time. I mean, to me, this was a seminal conference call because he gave you what he's going to say in front of Capitol Hill and people liked it. Plus, he gave Wall Street what they wanted, which is, you know, no number cuts. No number cuts. And what the Bulls have been saying they believe would be the case. Yes. People would not fall off the Now people are going to say, what is Cambridge Analytica? What is that? Pretty soon they're going to start wondering that because the attention span of a flea on Cambridge Analytica is coming. Uh, we're going to be watching by it. not just for the testimony, but Sheryl Sandberg on the Today Show tomorrow. I knew that was going to happen. Doing Damn, I said rest. you had to do that. that. You did and call. then she's got to be Colbert, and then, you know, he's got to go on Fallon. This is all going to happen. This is part of the Everything charm but your offensive. Paul Weiss call has, has Oh, that's happened. happening, too. Yeah. Don't worry about that. That's right to Ted Wells. Okay. So, no financial, no financial penalty. They talked about that. Um, they talked about, um, uh, and, and the one thing I, um, I was kind of disappointed with is that they talked about the charm offensive. They understand the playbook of how to mitigate the damage from this situation. So Zuckerberg goes out, hits all of the favorite, um, um, user haunts, uh, user shows that they watch, and he's contrived, and he says all the right words, he asks for forgivenesses, forgiveness, he makes all of the right promises, and, and now they've been awakened, they're gonna be much better at doing what they do, because they know it works. Because they've done it over, and over and over and over and they'll do it again and they're going to do it this time and they're going to go to Congress and they're going to say all the right things and they're going to do all the right things and they're going to they're asking Congress for maybe Congress should should have some oversight that Congress should make up rules well we have a Congress that's not doing anything. It's not creating any new rules, any new laws, not doing anything. So asking Congress to do something 
It's a complete waste of time and energy. It's a it's a dodge. It's a ruse. Yeah, let Congress handle it. The Congress who let the internet um, uh, neutrality laws lapse because they don't want to regulate business. That's the Congress he's pointing to. This doesn't pass the smell test. We should be able to trust the companies that have our data when we go to the grocery store and um, we use our, our debit cards and our debit cards can be used to track us or our, our credit cards can be used to track us or create false identities and things of that nature. We should be able to trust those companies to protect that data as if it was their own family's data. There are instances where companies get breached because of cyber attacks, because they don't write the software, they are sold the software by a software company, and the company says, we have tested this software and it is unbreakable. Companies like Schnucks and, and Walmart and those companies, they don't, they're not software writers. They don't create the software. They buy it, and then when the breach happens, they're on the hook for it. But they're not the ones that wrote it, designed it, or probably even implemented it. In this instance, Facebook writes its software. Corporations have a responsibility to care for that. And, and there is a, a legitimate way to make money using that data. Actually, you shouldn't, they shouldn't have that data. But there is a way to do advertising without putting your users at risk. And they're not doing it. And not only did they not do it, when they got, when things did, went south, they blamed the user. You should go in and check your security settings like that would have changed things. So I don't think they're going to learn that lesson. I don't think they're going to change. I think they're going to be the company they were before. They're going to put some lipstick on it, and it's still going to be an ugly situation. So uh, I like to call it the okey-doke. Okey-doke, we got it. We got it now. We're good. It's going to be all right as they bail water from the ship. So several people have talked about getting off of Facebook and it distresses me because as I mentioned at the top that the more people that that I can reach for without most of the most of the advertising channels available are expensive. They're expensive and get more expensive by the, by the moment. And they're usually dominated by the bigger players because the bigger players have such things as advertising budgets. I, I, don't, I don't have anything close to an advertising budget. My, my advertising budget is whatever I can, can type up and click on and send out. 
that's pretty much what it comes down to. So the survival of platforms like of the social media age is a and can be a great help to making to to creating um wealth for individuals for small businesses it takes you know having someone who is going to do your help do your advertising that's going to go out and and uh connect with people who have uh, web pages and see if they'll put your advertisement on their web page and things like that. Um, the price of the phone call isn't that great. You already have to have a, you already have a phone. Um, and you know, if, if, if you have enough friends that have web pages, uh, that simplifies things that doesn't give you any advantage over, uh, too many folks, but it's, it's not a huge advertising budget, but it does help you. Um, so some of the things that I think are going to be that you can help yourself in if you if you are with a company that um, eventually folds, what are the things you, you're going to need to do is make sure that you store your data, uh, any data that you any information that you put on, like on Facebook or um, into your email account, make sure you keep a copy of that for yourself so that if you should ever close that account, uh, and stop using it, that at least you have that data that you can start uh, moving someplace else and you don't have to worry about trying to get your data out of their system. So like if you if you only keep a contact list in, um, in your email account, um, if that email account gets hacked or damaged or somehow you can't get your email addresses out of there, you you pretty much have to start from scratch. And that means possibly missing some of the, those important numbers. So I encourage you to keep a backup copy. I know that's a pain in the neck, uh, but trust me, backups are indispensable. Also, I'm going to say this, don't use Facebook to log into or create accounts to anything. Because the more you use Facebook to log into accounts, to um, create a new account, uh, the more tied you are to that. And they've already shown that um, your trust can be misplaced. So, so let me, as my time has I've gone over quite a bit, um, I'm going to summarize this and that um, I think this whole apology tour, this all, uh, you know, we, we just didn't do enough. I, I think that's disingenuous. Facebook and Zuckerberg, they're telling users, um, you're, you should be responsible for your security. You should be um, handling this and that you have take more into your own hands to help yourself. And they know for a fact that you could not have done anything in this particular situation. And that no matter what you do, it's, it would not have impacted and it's not in the future going to impact this type of situation. You should not have to become a security expert um, because there's so many things about the security that you don't know. And that even 
when they explain it to you, you don't even know if they're doing it. If that's legitimate, you don't know if when you click on something, it actually works. Because you, you don't have any way to test it in most cases. So, so this is the responsibility of the company to protect you. They, they took your data. They didn't ask you if they could track you. They didn't ask you if they could use your information to make money. They didn't, they didn't ask you any of that. They did it and it was because of their benefit and they didn't protect you. It is their responsibility to treat that with the utmost care and they didn't do it. They want you to be, uh, to feel some level of responsibility for this and and you didn't and so I'm just here to say to, to say to you none of it is your responsibility so, so don't bite off on that apple um, already that is part of the reason I think they're gonna do it again they're, they're using the old um, I don't have any answers I don't have any really good answers so I'll make you feel that you're part of the problem and you're not. They didn't take due diligence with the, the uh, trust that they had and I, I, you have to decide whether you can trust them or not. Um, I won't try to, try to influence that. I, I do believe that the things that I've said are just as a way to make sure you understand um, where you stand and that you should not fall for um, someone just trying to make you the scapegoat. Facebook has worked very hard at becoming a major part of your life. They've worked very hard at making you dependent on them. They've worked very hard at being able to provide you everything you want. And so when they do that, they have to be willing to accept the re responsibility of that. And they have to be willing to accept the ramifications of when they fail. And they're not doing it. I don't believe that they're actually accepting the ramifications of what they're doing. But that's my opinion. So I think they're going to go back to being Facebook. And they're, as I mentioned before, um, they're going to put some lipstick on it, and that's where it's it's going to be. I want to thank you very much. I'm, I'm 10 minutes over. I want to thank you very much for taking the time to join me for this podcast. And you can, as always, you can replay the podcast right here on YouTube. The audio podcast is going to be available on Stitcher.com, Podcast.com, and iTunes Store, and the Google Music Play Store. The internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So like, share, and comment on this episode when you find it. And it, that's because it matters. As always, be cool, be calm, and above all, be careful. Look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you.